Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment, as a child, when we realized that the world could be conquered. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Great Scott Podcast, where, as always, we're talking about The Office, which is an amazing show. And no, I am not Jay Ray. That is not me. I am Jacob. And with us, we have director Alex from other Broken Jars shows, such as High Fantasy and the Dresden Files podcast. And I think that's it. Are you on? Yeah, another? so far. We might, you know, if we start up things like Shattered, then I'm definitely getting on that action. <laughs> okay, so you are relatively new to The Office, yes? Yeah, I've watched most of it once. I stopped somewhere and uh, I don't know. Michael left and Andy was the boss. And then I just kind of got like distracted by other things and I haven't gone back to finish it yet. Okay, so that would be season eight. I think so. Yeah, that was the number that I thought, but I wasn't sure. Okay, well, today... So what, what do you think about the show so far? Like it, dislike it, et cetera, et cetera. I do like it. I um, consistently just giggle at some things. Uh, other things I feel, like, frustrated with sometimes, but that's part of the humor. Yes, it's a very awkward kind of humor. <laughs> yeah. It's not painful like Curb Your Enthusiasm, which just, ow, I can't watch that because it's just too uncomfortable, but um, once in a while I want to strangle Michael, but that's still half the humor. <laughs> that is that is the reason for the things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, well... Today we are in Season 4, Episodes 3 and 4, starting with Launch Party, which was uh, written by Jennifer Salato, Salato. I think that's how you... Jay Ray knows how to pronounce her name. I don't. And then we have uh, Ken Whittingham as the director. So you've probably... This is probably, what, your second time watching this episode? Yeah. Okay, so what do you think, you know? Any, I... I uh, forgot that it was a hour-long episode, which I paid for when I was watching it late last night. Um, and I kind of forgot that all these things happened in one episode, like Meredith coming back and getting her cast signed. It's like mm -hmm. I, that's such a small part that I forgot it happened here. Right. Uh, there's there's a funny thing about that is if you watch uh, when. Jim signs the cast. He actually signs his real name, John Krasinski, and not Jim Halpert. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Yeah, if you go back and look, there's a definitely a J and definitely a K. <laughs> and it's in the last name is way too long to be Halpert. <laughs> All I saw was like, you know, first letter scribble, second letter scribble yeah. type thing. But, yeah. Yeah, so this episode opens up with a really good cold open with the box bouncing around the the screen and they're all hoping it'll go into the corner which look yeah i know i've wasted plenty of time with just watching the box bounce around the corner <laughs> and then there's i always assumed that they were like programmed to never go directly into the corner well if you watch the box here i'm not sure it did go into the corner i think it was really close but kind of like you know i don't think it was like perfectly in there not even for a TV show can they get it to happen as they want it to. I wonder how long it took them to get it. <laughs> like, or do you think they created 
Do you think that was like an actual like pattern or they like just created like a video of it happening? I so, assume they created a video so I could control it, but I don't, I mean, I assume that's easier. I would assume that would be easier. Yes. Um, so, but and there's this really great like Jim Pam fight where it's like Pam says she see, saw it, but I don't think so. I mean, like, who said I didn't see it? Was it Jim? Was it Jim? <laughs> you know, it is yeah. really nice, like dynamic. Now that they're dating, they're they're kind of fighting with each other. So that's pretty good. Yeah, like how he says, like I believe she believes that she saw it. <laughs> yep, she believes that she thinks she saw it. <laughs> Which, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Um, this episode has one of my favorite longer pranks because this in this episode. Uh, the Dunder Mifflin Infinity website is launching. And Ryan's all like, it's going to be the best-selling thing in the, you know, best-selling salesman in the company. So Dwight, trying to win Angel's affection back, uh, challenges the computer. And that happens. <laughs> so, And there's this great um, bit where Jim and Pam are... I aiming him as if it's the computer doing it. Yeah. I forgot about that happening and then I was like got to re enjoy it. Is that was really good. <laughs> what I loved about it though, is it just shows Dwight who Dwight is. Like he just he just accepted it. He was like yeah. this happens from time to time. It wasn't like, oh, this is weird or bizarre. He's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> sure, this makes sense. Yeah, you seem to have like a second of like it has to be Jim doing something, but but no, Jim's not at a computer, and then he just completely accepts it as the computer gaining sentience. Yeah, I love that about Dwight. <laughs> yeah, he's just like whatever. <laughs> and also, the Dunder Mifflin website auto plays music, and any website that auto plays anything should just burn in hell. So yes. <laughs> I, it's one of my biggest, biggest pet peeves. I, I'm okay with the sites that like will start a silent video and then you can turn on the sound if you want to. I'm okay with that because I don't have to pay attention to it. But you start auto-playing music and I'm gone. Oh, it's worse are the news sites that when you start scrolling down, the video gets moved into a box while you're, you're trying to read the story. Like, I don't... Ugh. I hate yeah. those people. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, Michael thinks he's, uh, going to the party in New York. And so, yes. like, and I guess by the end of this episode, he kind of gets it, but, you know, why, why, why can't Michael see that Ryan really just kind of hates him? You know? Denial? I don't, I mean... It just goes back to various forms of denial in all sorts of ways. <laughs> I, it's kind of like this. It's similar with uh, Todd Packer because he's like Todd Packer treats Michael like shit. Mm -hmm. but, Todd, but Michael loves Todd. He's like, oh, yeah, this is great. And, then, and I think in turn, it's the same. I mean, you kind of see it uh, with Dwight and Michael. Michael, for the most part, treats Dwight like shit, but Dwight's always there. I think, like, with both Todd and Dwight, they're both reaffirming that what Michael is doing is good. Like, Todd is going, uh, 
messes with him, does dickish things, and then still, like, oh, yeah, you're ways. And Dwight says, well, you're my superior. Of course you get to do that. And Ryan's, like, the only one who tries to stop him, telling him he's doing bad things. But he's got the affirmation from elsewhere that he's just, of course I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> you were a psych major, right? Yes. So I so have a break, degree in psychology. So break down Michael Scott. He's autistic. Really? I would say that he is probably autistic. I don't know if it's fully accurate because I don't have a diagnostic ability. And when I took abnormal psych, it mostly focused on personality disorders instead of autism. But um, his like the, the social gaffes that he does and, and the small lessons that he tries to do, it seems to be like someone trying to deal with not being able to understand everyone else, which seems pretty close to what autism seems to be like. I don't know. I'm not autistic or a specialist. But that's my, my closest guess is some form of autism. Okay. Well, that makes, I guess that makes sense. But he's so very high functioning autistic. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't seem to do the things that classically happen, like the self-soothing mechanisms like people do of, you know, small weird things like they'll walk around on their toes in an odd way and they just kind of get like internal happiness out of it it's not external and they do it to soothing he doesn't seem to do that but he does have like his row of toys and things okay and so we we get to see his european cut dress shirt which is ultra tight <laughs> yeah I, I wondered if i forgot if this was the same episode or how close it is to the one when he's wearing a woman's suit uh, that was in season three. Uh, which, okay. Yeah, I don't remember exactly remember which episode that was, but that was a good it was, one. It was tight enough that, like, I, I is that a woman's shirt? Because it kind of looked like he had boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Way too tight. Way too tight. Uh, it was, oh, the negotiation. That's the episode. When he accidentally wears the women's suit. And then he goes to New York and tries to get... <laughs> Threatens to withhold sex if he doesn't get a uh, a raise from Jan. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing that's going on is there's supposed to be a you know launch party at in Scranton, and they're all going to webcam into New York, and so Angela is just being a like full on bitch trying to you know get this party together and. You know, just treating Phyllis like crap. Yeah, I I particularly like Angela and Dwight together in various ways, even when they're fighting with each other, because their neuroses complement each other so much. Um, but I love when Angela is fighting with Phyllis, and Phyllis is sitting down in her chair. Angela is so tiny that she's barely like two inches taller than her. Mm -hmm. The woman is small. Yes, yes. She's like 5'1", I think. 5'1". Five five yeah. One. We've looked it up before. I just can't remember. <laughs> <coughs> and something we learned that uh, so Dwight gets pissed off at the computer and sends it binary. So mm -hmm. I looked it up and apparently he, he punches out F.O. in binary to the computer. So, you know, super classy move there, Dwight. But it's not just F.O. It's 
in reverse order. So it would be OF with some zeros dropped because they're unnecessary. Yeah. But it, it yeah. Someone very nerdy came up with that. <laughs> I always like to see when stuff like that, if they're actually doing something or if it's, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe at this point, TV had been on DVD long enough that, pe- that they understand that people are, are going to check out, check up on it. Yeah. So that's, it's an interesting thing. Like almost if there's, if, Almost every te- te- television show, something like that happens, there's an answer for it somewhere. Yeah, and especially we can just like probably find the people, ask them, and then put it somewhere else on the internet, and everyone else can find it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we, we find out that Dwight had stolen leads from Staples. <laughs> yeah. Which, he was like, I don't know, maybe I was going to keep them as a souvenir. Possibly use them. <laughs> <laughs> he's like trying to convince himself he's not a bad person for doing it. Yeah. And he's so predictable that Jim could figure it out without having to actually ask anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, you know, that happens. Michael and Jim, they go off to New York before they realize that He's not invited to that party. And you drive in the background, you can tell they're totally not in PA. Like, not a chance they're in PA. Like, it's very arid and deserty. Not not what Pennsylvania looks like at all. I mean, I know that they record in California. Mm-hmm. Everything records in California. Um, but I always found it admirable that when they're talking about it being cold or snowy, there's actually snow on the ground mm-hmm. versus a lot of other things like scrubs. It always seemed like it's so obviously in California, stop trying to make it not. And like, I never saw snow in scrubs, but in, in the office it did. So I always liked that. I did not think of the background because yeah, you're close like, there. Any, anytime they're like, especially like up on the roof of the building and you can see out, you it's like, Oh, definitely not Pennsylvania. <laughs> Yeah, people say that's like the one of the harder things to do as an actor because you're generally filming in like August in LA mm-hmm. in these cold weather scenes, so you're bundled up and it's super hot. Otherwise, it seems like once in a while I'll see something that seems to be uh, supposed to be taking place in a warm setting. And you can still see their breath in the air. It's like, why are you doing it at such a bad time? <laughs> but good job not shivering. Yeah, schedules are schedules, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Dwight is victorious against the computer, beating him by 52 reams, which, which is a lot of paper. So look, yeah. like a ream is uh, 500 sheets. I think so. So, where's my calculator? Oh, where's, where'd it go? Oh, son of a bitch. Yep, this is good radio. Is. I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, so, Dwight sold 635,000 sheets of paper in one day. I can't. Damn. Did I do that right? Uh, 1270 times 500. Yeah. Yeah. 
Damn, that's a lot of paper. <laughs> I like that Andy is helping just because, you know, it's something fun to do. He gets to be excited, but I also really like when Jim is fucking with Andy. Uh, um, yeah, and Andy's like, I can't tell if he's mocking me. And Jim helps out. Yes, I was mocking you. Yeah. And there's a second of like, thank you on Andy's face. <laughs> thanks for just... Uh... Thanks thanks for uh, confirming that you are, in fact, mocking me. So Michael gets back right after Dwight wins and decides that he's going to make this party awesome. He wants something with ice, something made of ice, poi, dancers, all this stuff. And Angela is like, oh, I got an hour. I have an hour. <laughs> I can't do this. Uh, and so, and then he orders all these these pizzas from Pizza by Alfredo, which is apparently mm -hmm. terrible. A pizza, uh, Alfredo's Alfredo's pizza, pizza, pizza cafe. Cafe is supposed to be like amazing. <laughs> and it's really funny listening to everyone talk about Pizza by Alfredo. Like, uh, Kevin's like it's like a circle of hot garbage. I like the implication that obviously he's still eating it. It's just hot garbage. <laughs> At least that's the way I took it. I also like when um, when Michael's fighting with the delivery kid uh, is over pizza. Oscar just chimes in and says, it's not pizza. I know. Oscar's a sassy little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like... I mean, if it's not printed on the coupon, I feel like he probably should have gotten the the discount. Or it should have been mentioned to him that it was the policy. I don't know. Yeah, I have not seen a, a coupon that didn't have its restrictions printed on it. Or that made evident somewhere else, like on their website or something. Yeah, well, this was 2007, so there's no guarantee it had a website. It probably had a website, but there's no guarantee of it. Eh, that long ago. Interesting. Well, I mean, it's 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm getting old. <laughs> I'm definitely getting old. Uh, and then my Michael's just like, Screw it. This is not how business is done. And kidnaps the child. The delivery kid. Who is a complete asshole. I like that he's an asshole. <laughs> There's just so much stuff where he's just like... He's, Michael's just like trying to like get him to understand what's going on. And they're... You know, the people in the uh, the office are looking up jail time. And what it means to be an accessory. And... <laughs> Yeah. It, Michael consistently does that thing of trying to explain good business to someone who doesn't care or knows a lot better than him. Uh, like going to Ryan's college class or something. Uh -huh. Wonderful disaster. Or also trying to describe uh, proper business etiquette to a delivery kid who's working for minimum wage. Yeah. And tips. Don't forget the tips. Yeah, hopefully tips. What, like a buck or something? And it's not like, it's not like, he's like, you know, this is not how you do sales. It's not really sales. He's just like, you know, pizza transit person. Yeah. 
And we find out like in the next, because we know like Michael Scott's a really great salesman, but we do find out in the next episode, he's a really great salesman in certain areas. Like he can't yeah. do the telemarketing thing. Mm -hmm. I really liked when like Jan had to do that uh, sale with him and they went out and got shit faced instead of doing the business thing like she said, mm -hmm. because I identified so strongly with her in wanting to <laughs> strangle Michael and then he, he managed to do it. It's like, oh, uh, he guess he's not completely useless. It was really weird. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't made a joke of me being like Jan. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jan would definitely stab somebody, so. <laughs> she is a bitch, though. She oh, is. I'm not that much of a bitch. Oh, you're not. No, you're not. That's why you're not like Jan. You're not, you're not a crazy <laughs> bitch. I don't know. Jan's really hit and miss for me. There, there are times where it just seems like, like she, she's just off. She's broken. Like there's something wrong there, you know. Mm -hmm. and, but there's other times where you see that she is very intelligent and well, you're very intelligent. Knows what she's doing, all that stuff. So. I don't know. And sh there are times when you're like, oh, she actually does care for people. And there mm -hmm. are other times you're like, hmm, she wants to murder everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I like the mention that the delivery kid would steal Dwight's hemp. Uh -huh. And the kid said that he's Dwight's the one with the shitty weed. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how I like... They know each other, but they don't really care. They're like, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and then, you know, the other part, big thing going on in the episode is uh, Dwight dealing with still working with Angela. Mm-hmm. Which, I, you know, to be honest, I don't think I could do it. I don't really think I could work with an ex. I don't, I, I don't know. I got married so young. I never, ever had to work with, deal with that. And much less, I've never even had a job. So I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the closest I ever came to it was I was, I still had classes with an ex. Cause we, we were, we were in the same, some of the same classes in college and then we broke up mid semester. Mm -hmm. That was fun. So we just ended up being like not really broken up, but broken up. Just kind of how it worked. I feel like it's easy enough to just avoid someone if you only share classes with them. But like, I completely understand why you would switch offices in order to get away. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's one. Yeah. It's one reason I never. I never tried to to date people. In my companies. There are reasons why there are policies against that. Well, well there are certain policies, but it's more to like prevent like people being like promoted when they shouldn't be because they're, they're, they're sleeping their way up the ladder, so to speak. Yeah. And then there's also the terrible breakups that ruin everything. <laughs> there are. There are. Um, so... Later on with the party, Andy shows up with an ice ice sculpture, and he says he stole it. 
where did he fucking steal this thing from? I don't know. That I, I don't know <laughs> like, where you can possibly find an ice sculpture. I guess I would lean towards he found another party that was going on, like a wedding reception or something, and then stole it from there. Where? Because I... Like, does he have like? Does he like know where all the parties are? I don't know. <laughs> it's just one of those random like throwaway lines where I'm just like, huh? Yeah, it such a small thing, but then it's, like, tons of questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so there's something we've the kind of goes back and forth in the office is who started first Jim or Pam it, it, from this episode Pam did start first but it does kind of it's very fluid about when they start and how long people were there before the other person it's really really weird you're talking about when they're saying like the moments that they first liked each other yeah I thought, I mean, so you mean Pam started because she's the one who said the thing that made Jim fall for her? No, Pam started first at Dunder Mifflin. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, because that gets really nebulous of when they start relative to each other. Like, mm -hmm. sometimes it seems like Pam was there for years. Other times it seems like Pam was there for months. Sometimes it seems like Jim was there first, you know? Yeah, just maybe some quiet retconning somewhere. Yeah, oh, office does it all the time. <laughs> and that's one of the fun things about having this podcast is you point them out <laughs> yes uh, so yeah and then you know I just I really feel bad for Dwight in this episode because like Andy is like talking to him about trying to get with Angela and you can tell he's just miserable about everything and <laughs> I'm just like oh poor Dwight I like the suggestion that Andy should date Kelly, and that's okay because she's in the annex. Uh, and also, Kelly is is a person that she's entertaining. I also want to slap that shit out of her. <laughs> yeah, the evolution of Kelly is very interesting. And this is also yeah. the episode where we get the start of Kelly Daryl, which goes on mm -hmm. for a while. Yeah, and that also impacting with Dwight of like she wanted to to buy the the paper on the website because it does this thank you for shopping at Dunder Mifflin time. <laughs> like, because of course she's the kind of person who would be really entertained about noises from a website. Well, my real, my thought was just, why didn't, why did she use the web? Why didn't she just call Daryl and be like, Hey, I need some paper. Could you bring it up or go get it yourself? She can't get it herself, but yeah, just, call Daryl but then it does lead into Daryl defending her against Dwight and I love that Dwight said like when it wins or something I'm blaming you whatever it is he said it and Daryl's like who's it in an intimidating enough fashion that Dwight goes away yeah yeah that was a really really good scene in general and then you just have you know Daryl's like you still missing Ryan she's like not as much which comes into play in the next episode. Yeah. There's also when uh, Michael was sharing the invite that Ryan sent. It's like, oh, did he say that it's, he's dating anyone? Because, of course, that would be on there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's such... That's one of my... It's a weird relationship, but it's super fun to watch. Yes. 
I, oh God, I have to say I loved when um, they first got together, Ryan and Kelly, and just the opening of everything that they got together on Valentine's Day, and he just looks fucked up. It's like, I know I screwed up. <laughs> I loved it. I think that was the first time I started bursting out laughing. I think I laughed until I cried on that specific moment. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it's... Yeah, yeah Kelly... Kelly's a weird character. And and I would love to, like, talk, be able to talk to Minya Kaling because she writes a lot mm-hmm. of the episodes, you know, and so you know it's, uh, she has say in, like, how the character developed. It was like, how'd you get here from there? Yeah. Even though her other characters are somewhat similar. Like, have you ever watched the Mindy Project? No. I saw a commercial on it, and then it, like, annoyed me enough I never, ever wanted to watch it again. Uh, it was okay at the beginning. It kind of went meh. But the first um, season was pretty good, actually. But Yeah, I, the commercial I remember seeing was uh, a white woman was asking for parking validation. And so Mindy said, like, I think you've been validated enough. And it annoyed me. It's like, are you just doing, like, Tumblr jokes? Eh. And it's like, meh. <laughs> And we have the, the the scene of where they're actually on the webcam, and Michael's yes. like, "Hey, <laughs> Dwight beat the, your stupid computer and something else, and suck on that." <laughs> and then Kelly puts the pizza on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked how genuine the guy who's talking before Michael on this. Like, tell me when this is on. This yeah. Is such a genuine human thing like i can't tell <laughs> yeah i was kind of wondering how they just technically did that i mean i don't know was skype a thing in 2007 like what kind of voip uh i mean i know I there did... was video conferencing but but you did remind me of how michael described it of like there's cables and fibers because that's his extent of his knowledge goes right fibers oh let's see if i can't find the uh the founding windows desktop that's not what i want um i don't know i don't know where it is uh it looks like it started, it was a, okay, 2003 was when Skype was first released. So, yes, there's been VoIP around for some time. All right. Not that, you know, our internet was fast enough to ever use it in 2007. <laughs> I remember, because, actually, at this, at this point I was, oh, at this point I was graduated. Uh like I had six megabits and I was super excited because it was super fast. <laughs> uh, while I did not pay attention to internet speeds, I had decent enough internet to play EQ2 with my mom. That's why I was in 2007. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I hmm. actually very, now that I think about it, I remember, remember this pretty well. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. And- <laughs> yeah. No one wants uh, to hear about girls I used to date. 
Yeah, so uh, about dating, then there's Andy doing the acapella ask out. Which, uh, you know, is kind of a cool move, but also kind of a douchey move. I mean, it puts her in yeah. a pretty bad spot, but she obviously liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she gives this nice little smile, like, when she's leaving, but... Yeah, I mean, it's a very adorable smile. But to do that in front of everybody, man. I mean, I understand you're Andy and you like grand gestures. Like, where, um... Oh... I don't... You haven't gotten there yet, but there's a there's a time where... I guess it's in season eight, I guess? Maybe? Uh, where Andy gets... Aaron, the entire 12 days of Christmas. Yes. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, this is the kind of stuff he does. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's really like, man, over the top. Yeah. He did not think that through with the 12 days of Christmas. No, he did not. Um, (laughs) Well, and according to Michael Scott, when he was talking to the kid, I'm an adult. I don't have to think about what I do. Is that, how, how'd that line oh yeah i don't have to think about my actions or something like that it was pretty good michael scott line um, yeah like, grand gesture if they were actually alone in the building then i'm much more comfortable with that because he's just embarrassing himself but he's also putting her on the spot and then it's just like eh. okay what would you have said would, uh, you, would you have dated andy I don't think I could stand him, <laughs> which is like uh, what I mean, he's very fun to watch. I just like with a buffer. <laughs> what is it that Pam said? It's like, yeah, on second thought, Angela and Andy would make a good couple. But I don't think I can do that to Andy or Angela. <laughs> or Dwight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like inflicting each other on them. It's just What's, I need a buffer. <laughs> so um so the episode kind of ends up with michael going you know what i really want some new york style sushi which i didn't know was a thing but actually is it like new york style is no, a thing in sushi? no it's not it's not it's just okay. michael being stupid i was yes. being i was being sarcastic uh okay. so he's it's like so they go to New York, which is like two hours away, to go steal sushi from this party. So you got to figure it's gonna be fairly late at night at this point, like ten, eleven o'clock, just to drive back. I love this moment of Dwight though. It's like you know where you get like New York style sushi, and Dwight goes Tokyo. Yeah. And like, no, New York. <laughs> New York style sushi in Tokyo. Yes. <laughs> And then, like, they're out there eating on, like, Dwight's car, and the guy comes up. He's like, hey, you're the salesman from screen, and, you know. And they, they have this giant plate of sushi, and they just put it on someone else's car and leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what'd you think of the episode? It's a good episode. It's, like, this is one of, like, the classic types of episodes. Like, as things change when you get further down into the series mm-hmm. this is like classic so what, what, what's your rating of this of this one uh i feel unprepared for this because i don't know how you've rated other ones 
Boop. So what's your rating? Uh, well, I do really like this episode. It sets up a lot. You know, this is because the Daryl Kelly thing goes on for a while. Angela Andy, you know, that most of season five with the whole cheating and everything else. Um, yeah. It's funny. I like the fact that, like, Ryan just gets shit on all the time. Because he's, like, turning yeah. into, like, full-on douchebag Ryan at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. So, are, are we supposed to think negatively of his beard? Because I do. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he can grow a beard, but it's, like, never filled in enough or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, I gave this four out of five kidnapping jail turn, jail times. So, so, it's a four yeah. out of five. Four to five is good. That's pretty much what I was settling on, but I didn't know I have to come up with yeah, you gotta, funny. Yeah, you got to come up with a, a modifier. Or a, Four out of five uh, Jim Krasinski signings on Meredith's cast. <laughs> 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 okay, up next, we are going into Money, season four, episode four, written and directed by Paul Lieberstein, who is Toby. <laughs> I love the the hatred for Toby that Michael has. I think yeah. that was like my husband's favorite part of the show is just how Michael singles out Toby and it's just mean to him. Right. So this opens up with the double wears Prada cold open, which is hilarious. <laughs> One, you don't get a lot of like Michael cold opens, but so he's being just a bitch to Pam. And then like Pam realizes he's watching million dollar baby. And she's like, Oh my, oh my god. god. He's going to try and kill me. <laughs> and just like, the fear that just uh, you know that comes in there. So the big thing well there's two major storylines. One is Michael is broke. Mm-hmm. And two Jim and Pam go stay the night at Dwight's bed and breakfast. Because Dwight is also broke. Ish or does he just Doing... He's just doing it. Okay. For funsies. I guess I assumed that he was broke. No, uh-uh. Um, he's just, no, he actually does okay. But, you know, we see Jan in there. He's like, it costs what it costs. I'm like, you're redoing this condo. This this looks really expensive. <laughs> yeah. I don't... I have no idea how much any form of home renovation costs, but that's definitely a thing that you have to keep in mind. Well, I mean, yeah. you can easily spend... Two three thousand dollars on a couch, easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, counter. If you want to replace your countertop, that's a couple thousand dollars. I mean, you're probably just looking at it like at minimum twenty five hundred dollars, no matter what. Unless you like have the hookups. Uh. You know, your friends a contractor or something. And Ryan, you know, like, but this is just one of those scenes, like, I, mean, I know Michael didn't tell her, but you would think that, one, she has some money saved. Mm-hmm. Two, she would have found a fucking job at some point. She doesn't seem like the person to stay at home. I but, like that that's, like, part of her downward spiral, though, is that she did stay home, and then, like, you know, as it seems in the... uh dinner party episode that she's going a little crazy. Oh, dinner party. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> uh, and then, so Ryan, he wants everyone using PowerPoint. I, my question is, 
why? I mean, it looks like a lot of sales are done over the phone, one. Uh-huh. And two, like a lot of the other sales that you see are done like just face-to-face talking. You know, there's not a lot of presentations. You know, it, especially for like one-on-one sales, I don't see the, why you would need it or you can't be guaranteed to have a place to present it at. I mean, if you're like trying mm-hmm. to sell to like a really big company, I could understand it, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, like the last high fantasy episode we did was on humor, and we mentioned Scott Adams has a formula for what is humorous, and one of them is uh, familiarness, recognizableness, and that's what I think they were doing with this PowerPoint thing. Is that this is the classic type of uh, office setting? It's like you need to be using PowerPoint in office. Uh, Microsoft Office and all of that, and I think they were doing that. And I think what I assumed was that you know Ryan is assuming that everyone has to do the way he does it, and that's using Microsoft Office. You have to be using PowerPoint because you just have to, and that like makes not sense. really a whole lot of thought being put into it. Okay, it's just yeah. you know the the foolish uh, management. Like you have to. <laughs> ah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And then. Uh... Dwight gets the phone call from somebody looking for king size bed and they don't have them. And and, and Jim just turns to Dwight. He's like, hey, Dwight. He's just like <laughs> this instant, just like, oh, I have to fit. I have to mess with him now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, but it also comes back around to him when Pam books the night at the, uh, at Shrewd Farms, and like you see the pure terror on Jim's face, like, oh shit, we're going to actually do this. This, this is bad. This is bad. Yes. <laughs> uh, I love how uh, Dwight always does the, the German, like everything is old fashioned German and like almost a little terrible and brutal when talking about like fairy tales of people getting massacred. And so he answers the phone in German and says, Auf Wiedersehen and all that stuff. Right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we we would be remiss not to not to pour one out for the stock in the cutest little yes. asparagus farm. <laughs> uh, yes. I don't know. I might could do some agro tourism. That could be interesting. A little scary, especially if it's like Dwight, but Yes. <laughs> and then Dwight and Angela, like they're trading back items. Um which is the one of the greatest breakup traditions of all time, the trade of uh, trade of the items. See, I okay, I have not had many relationships. Hopefully, don't this one is not going to end, so I don't have to deal with it ever. But never traded back items because basically, the one time that it did have an end, relationship end, we just went to opposite sides of the country. <laughs> well, it, it's it, you you generally start to accumulate stuff. Especially if you're not like, you know, you tend you tend to accumulate stuff at each other's places if you're together mm-hmm. long enough, you know, or like, you know, I dated girls long enough that you know I would have like a drawer or two at their place and like toothbrushes and crap like that. So, and I, I know that that happens. I totally relate to it, but like, I just managed to skip over that. Well, not all of us can be as lucky as you. <laughs> Yeah, I was quite lucky. Um, <laughs> but so it always stood out to me that Angela has a CPAP machine. Yep. Because 
you need that when, for um, sleep apnea. Oh my god, that's the word. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And it it correlates so highly with obesity. It stands out that someone so tiny needs one. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. It's just a, I can't believe that someone that tiny would actually need it. But obviously, there's still like genetic structural right. issues that you have. But say with it. you don't have but to. But it correlates be. so much, right? It does. That it jars my brain. <laughs> and then there's the uh, Jim and Pam just being a dick to Michael. They're like, "Hey, Michael, you want to have dinner tonight?" Yeah. <laughs> when they know that he's got that second job. <laughs> well, they, well, you wouldn't understand. It's a secret. Yeah. I wouldn't understand, or it's a secret. You wouldn't understand. It's a secret. Yeah. Um, there's also um, Kevin has his Scrantonicity 2, and I am so happy I get to talk about this episode because I fucking love that joke, and you didn't get it. Well, I, I'm not big into uh, staying in the police. So I, I mean, when they were doing the wedding things and the Scrantonicity, it's like, oh, it's a knockoff of synchronicity that's great and then they're only doing the police songs and then i didn't know if they would ever you know make the joke of synchronicity too right and i had to explain that to my husband because he doesn't care about police either but i love that joke it's one of my favorites (laughs) and we get the first sighting of (laughs) Moe's. is this the first episode he's in yes you i think we hear him on the phone when michael fake gives Dwight his job during the coup in season mm-hmm. two or three. But I think this is the first time we actually see Moe's. And Moe's okay. is like a the guy who plays Moe's is a big deal. Like in Hollywood. Really? Yeah. And let me uh he uh he produces a lot of shows. Yeah, he's a uh, he he's a uh, some some uh he's a big guy. Uh, like are you familiar with Brooklyn Nine Nine? Familiar with, but not watched. Okay. Um, Michael, sure. Let's see. He uh, like he produced that. Michael Schur. He was a writer. Uh, wow. A writer for Brooklyn, Parks and Rec, The Office, SNL. Produced Brooklyn Nine Nine, Parks and Rec, Master of None. Uh, he collaborated on a music video for the Decemberists. That's interesting. Yeah, so he's done he's done a lot, but but you wouldn't guess it just by like him in oh. this. Sh- what he he co-wrote the teleplay of Nosedive from Black Mirror with Rashida Jones. I mean, that stood out to me when I was watching uh, Black Mirror that Rashida Jones wrote that episode it was so strange that uh okay so another person from the office wrote it with her yep it's weird <laughs> so yeah he uh he's done a whole lot but Moe's I love Moe's I think he's funny and so you said that he was on the, the phone and I was actually wondering when re-watching this episode it's like do we ever hear him speak because he's completely silent in this episode yes you hear him speak uh he t- I know for sure he talks uh, during the Garden Party episode in Season 8. Um, when they all, when Andy throws a garden party at uh, um, Dwight's at True Farms. 
trying to impress his parents who are just terrible people because uh, he, he he's 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 the valet he's like you must give me your car now <laughs> you know i don't think i've seen this episode ah uh, it's a good one okay like it's it's one of those episodes that's really good because you're like oh this is why andy is so fucked up <laughs> like it's it's that up like it's yeah uh, the uh, the kind of threading through is like, oh, they always did that with my brother, not with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, so we've, we've talked about why I didn't get... Uh, and I love how they request a bedtime story from Dwight. Yes, and the, the irrigation-themed bedroom. I, I wanted to see the other bedrooms. <laughs> I'm sad we didn't I, get to see more of the... I wanted to see the American-themed ones. Like, what does Dwight think is American-themed? Oh, oh, that's a good question. You know, it's like it's got to be like super Brutal. stereotypical, like nineteen twenties Americana. I was kind of thinking of like uh, weird posters of World War Two or something, like the equivalent of holding someone's severed head up that's still dripping blood, and going err. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to uh, ask you what your worst job ever was because we because you know Michael has this pretty terrible telemarketing job, but you've yeah. never had a job. So. No, but uh, there is a call center in town that, at separate times, both my husband and my mother worked at, and it is a hellhole. Uh, it's just absolutely terrible. Like when my mom was working there. She has meds that she needs to take regularly, but the insurance was so bad, it was cheaper to just go without the insurance. Except we still didn't have enough money in order for her to actually get the meds. And it's just, along with all the terrible things of uh, having to have like pep rally parties of like, yeah, you absolutely love this job, right? In which people berate you every day for something that is outside of your control. And uh, yeah, <laughs> telemarketers, call centers, I will avoid them like the plague. <laughs> My worst job was probably working at Pizza Hut. Hmm. Yeah, that was probably my worst job. My boss was Why? an ass. It's probably uh, mostly my boss. Like, I never, I never fully understood like the need for like I mean I, I knew the need but like I never really w knew what like what definitely would be sexual harassment in the workplace until I saw that guy with the women around beat that pizza mm. hut. I was like yeah, okay. why don't you just sue this guy? It'd be open and shut. <laughs> yeah, um my uncle has basically made a career out of either truck driving or pizza delivery. So it's like, oh, you hate it? Why? He loves it. Yeah, well, but I wasn't. Uh, well, I was like in the kitchen making pizzas. I wasn't delivering. I probably would have liked delivery, but yeah, you get to get away from the asshole, right? Like at one point, this guy had like a pregnant girlfriend. A was sleeping with two of the women at Pizza Hut. So just stand up, dude. Yeah, there was something that stood out. Um, I, I have. Uh, Interestingly, forgotten the context, but uh, Michael was wanting to lose 
weight. Oh no, it wasn't him wanting to lose weight. That was having to do with the shirt in the previous episode. It right. was I. You want to be. You want to lose weight. You want to like fifty pounds lighter in five minutes. Uh, the only way I know you can do that is lose a body part. Liposuction. Not in five minutes, but you know, cut off a leg or two. That'll work. <laughs> How much does the average human leg weigh? Hmm. Um. <laughs> Well, see, different sizes. So I'm five foot five and like 118 pounds. One of my legs probably doesn't weigh 50 pounds. Yeah, that's probably true. But one of yours might. Yeah, I don't know. I'm six foot two ten. So. Yeah, but you know, the the only way you can do something that fast is cutting off body parts. <laughs> and now you like. You wonder why I think, like, you stab people at night. <laughs> well, that comes out to me because, like, I've been actually cutting weight for the past couple of weeks because I'm going to go on vacation and then I'm going to gain 10 pounds. So <laughs> as I'm, like, conscious of what I'm eating and everything, and then you say 50 pounds lighter in five minutes, it stands out. <laughs> uh, but then Michael accidentally, I'm sure it's a robocall, but he gets Stanley. Yes. And there's the line with it. He's like, when I'm at home in my sweats, drinking red wine, watching my mystery stories, last thing I want to hear in this godforsaken world is Michael Scott's voice. <laughs> I yeah. love that line. It's, it's one of my favorite lines of Stanley, period. <laughs> like, just Michael, just like we were talking about, like, just doesn't have the ability to he wants to be friendly, you know, so he doesn't have mm -hmm. that ability to just like cold call sell where he's got to do it quickly. You're right. He uh, ends up talking to people about their kids and, oh, I'm so, he didn't get it put into the game. I'm so sorry. That's terrible. And not selling anything. Right. So like the idea, like my, like my thought is that he, like in paper and what, you know, Dunder Mifflin the the sales are big enough to warrant that kind of attention where you know selling diet pills it's not mm -hmm. so. it, yeah, i like vikram though Vic, vikram is interesting mm -hmm. it we just learn how much how little michael knows about other cultures like he's like yes what's medical school like in your in your country like a chicken or something <laughs> I also really like Vikram's food because I really like Indian food and God, I want Indian food again. <laughs> I was distracted by the, the Indian food. Yeah. When they were talking about sushi, I was like, oh God, I want some sushi. <laughs> like I was like, so the one bummer from moving here where I live now is there's almost no deliveries. Like the last oh. place I lived, we had like all, like all the places we deliver. So it's just like, you know, we had Thai, good Thai delivery, good Indian delivery, good, good Japanese, good Chinese. You know? <laughs> it was like, yeah. Oh, uh, man. Uh, so in bulk, wait because there is just so much to eat, and there's a like it's my favorite Indian spot. We're like basically gonna go back for like a small road trip just to go back to that restaurant. Nice. Very nice. So we have this great scene at uh, Shrew Farms where Pam hears something knocking. So she goes looking. And Jim's like, you're not really going out there, are you? She's like, yes, I am. And like, she finds 
mows in the, in the outhouse. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Poor Moe's. Like, he just has this great look about, like, really? <laughs> just please go away. <laughs> I felt so bad for Moe's. I like what Pam said. It's like, what year is this? <laughs> That's her reaction to an outhouse. Yeah. So something I find interesting is there's so many diehard references in The Office. Like, and there's this one. There's one in. There's one in season nine, and I'm pretty sure there's a couple other diehard references. So I wonder, like, who's the fan of Die Hard in the writers' room? I don't know. I don't know that, either. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, in Community, there's also several episodes, like references to Die Hard. Like, I don't know. The Community's worth watching. Um, the, even season four, which has the biggest actual reference to Die Hard. So I'm thinking about it. Right. Well, I, I, don't, I like... I know that they weren't as good as the first three seasons, but the last three seasons of Community were pretty good. They were better than people give them credit for. Yeah, there's um, there's, there's some hit or miss. Some of them are really good. But the last episode is the best episode I've seen as being the ending of a series. And even then, they still managed to deal with the maybe it's an end. Like, it was great. Right. Six seasons in a movie. Yep. Uh, and, you know, we have this bit where, like, Jim tries, like, counsel Dwight where he's all get, getting all moany and sad and you know um, uh, that's a nice scene but Dwight's like oh, thank you for bringing it to the attention of the management I will have it looked at in the morning Yes, <laughs> he doesn't know he's what to do so he's so stiff about like they're not Jim and Dwight they're like customer and owner of the bed and breakfast that's not a bed and breakfast Right, right. <laughs> and then everyone is tired the next day. Right. And everyone. Ryan rolls in like super pumped and brah. <laughs> uh, and then, so we find out that, you know, Michael completely forgot about mm-hmm. the thing and and Kelly's all flirting with Daryl and for whatever reason brought Daryl to the meeting that there's no reason he needed to be a part of yeah uh this is one of the times i want to slap her because it's so like obvious of trying to like get the attention and cause like a uh pda incident that just like go away stop that (laughs) but it's funny because i don't really have to deal with her right And they get into this whole bit about like whom and whoever, like whomever, whoever. Yes. Do you know? And, do you know what the right one was, or if there was a right one? Uh, Toby said something, I believe is correct, and it was like, okay, so as Pam said, it was like use one when it's subject, and the other one when it's object, and then so okay, what Ryan said was subject, and then object, and then indirect object. I don't remember which one is which, but um like what Oscar said, it's like both of them are like real words, but I have no idea when to use whom. <laughs> so just like, I could just stay away from it. I will use who all the time and someone will yell at me about it if they care. <laughs> it's I like, say this as a writer. It was, and someone was like, 
<laughs> Kelly popped in and was like, Ryan, use me as an object. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then you know, yeah, good, good times. And then Ryan has Ryan already tried to fire Kelly? I think so. At some point, Ryan tries to fire Kelly, <laughs> so he mm-hmm. doesn't have to deal with her anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I did really appreciate the Michael trying to cover the fact that he didn't have a presentation prepared. He did PowerPoint, like a really big pointing at people because it's PowerPoint. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like it's pun basically. Then <laughs> uh, uh, Michael starts trying to like figure out like how can he make money or something and he goes to goes to Kevin and is like, Do you know you like do you know of any sure things or about boxers? Uh you know, taking a dive. You know what I can talk to you about that? And Kevin's like the mob. <laughs> and Michael is like, seriously, like, do you, do you know anyone there? He's like, no. But just another reason, like, showing how just oblivious Michael is to the workings of the real world. Mm-hmm. Like, you almost feel bad about it. Almost, you know. But, uh, man, they, uh, like Michael just he doesn't know what's going on at all. Like everything is a movie to him. But he takes everything at face value until it can be very obvious that someone's deceiving him. Right. I, we... I like when they're talking in the break room about the money and uh someone suggests that he needs to talk to Jan about it, he says no. It's like talking about money is rude and unsexual. <laughs> But isn't the joke that, you know, women will flock to men with tons of money because money is sexy? Women don't like boys. They like cars and money. <laughs> Which I did test out one time on a dating site, and it proved, it pretty, pretty much proved itself to be true. Yeah, but then you have the problem of people who are on dating sites. That's a, it's a selection problem. That's where I found my wife. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I have had no success with dating sites and i've tried so okay. anyway uh but yes girls girls don't like boys they like cars and money but that means michael's absence of money would be unsexual yeah <laughs> like i feel like until jan even though michael was terrible with money he was doing okay and then jan mm-hmm. moved in and it was just that extra person that was more like more expensive that he was having to cover their costs and with that he couldn't like hold her like he couldn't hold it together anymore yeah and he refuses to say no right um oh let's see here then we get i guess the uh daryl has to cancel plans with kelly because he's got his daughter and she says that he needs to choose, and so he chooses his daughter, and she freaks out. Dumps the, dumps the folders like she's cold blooded, man. She is, she's a mean person. But I love yeah. how he goes up to her, is like, look, I like you, but you need to un- access your own crazy side, or this yeah. thing is over with. 
yeah, it basically leads to her saying, uh, like, who says exactly what they're thinking? What kind of game is that? Which is one of the most, like, popular screen cap bits of this show, <laughs> yep. I feel. <laughs> There's this great exchange between Michael and Creed. Because, you know, it's Creed who's awesome. Yes. Um, it's so he, weird. <laughs> he uh, He's talking about how Monopoly is crazy, like... Get out of jail. Free cards aren't free. You don't just pick those up. Those things cost thousands. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about bankruptcy, <laughs> which leads to maybe well, one of the more the most. I, one of the most iconic Michael Scott lines where he's just he's screaming, I declare bankruptcy. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's one of the best moments. <laughs> he's just like, Oscar's like, you know that they didn't do anything. It's like, just just saying the words doesn't do anything. It's like, I didn't say it. I declared, declared it. <laughs> so this is something that you people may or may not uh, get, but the cat that Andy gives Angela is garbage. The cat that Dwight tried to give Angela after he killed Sprinkles. It's the same cat. It's the same cat. That's hilarious. <laughs> I did not realize that. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that cat just because I like cats. And as she walks up, it's like, you may ask me out. And she's holding the cat in her arms. It looks so cute. <laughs> well, it's like no patios, no bars, no... Uh, no... no vegetables, <laughs> no foreign things, or no seafood. But the vegetables things really stuck out to me because they make repeated jokes about her eating like a rabbit. Right. So, like, where they go? Italian food? Like, I was trying to, like, piece together, like, where she could go. But isn't that foreign? Mm, it's true. What What is not foreign in her mind? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Angela's a weird, weird chick. Yes. <laughs> when, uh, Oscar and Michael are talking about his finances and like all of the things that he buys. So that you just you do not need these things. And he's talking about the core master. <laughs> I, he did this like sideways language joke, I, confusion thing of like it's the core. I think the Marine Corps used it. it that's where they got core from. <laughs> Those are completely different words, but they sound so similar. You can mistake them. <laughs> Yeah, and then and they call Jan, and Jan starts berating Michael, and he just he breaks. It's like, yep. bolts. It's like, nope, I'm out. He's going to go be a hobo. So he has trouble running on, jumping onto a train, and then it comes to a stop. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Michael. Like, yeah, it's such a, a sympathy for how stupid you've got to feel in a, a situation like that. It's like, I was doing something, and then it did the thing that made it easier a second later. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, then we have this great scene uh, with Jim and Dwight in the stairwell. And mm -hmm. Jim is talking about how he left because of Pam and he doesn't, basically doesn't know how Dwight's doing it. And, you know, it's so bad. And, like, this the first bonding of, like, the, uh, of them. You know, because eventually by the end of the series, they're always highly antagonist, antagonistic towards each other, but they're friends. They are friends, but they give each other hell. But 
they're still friendly, you know. So this is the first kind of moment where Jim honestly tries to do something good and help Dwight because he sees just how broken Dwight is. Yeah. And then you still have the awkward moment of Dwight reaching his arm over and Jim's gone. Yeah. Awkward moments. And, you know, Jim kisses Pam and... and Jim kisses Pam. Yes. Uh, Jenna Fisher plays being in love better than anyone I think I've ever seen. Like, she sells it so good. I don't watch enough things that has romance in it for me to bring anyone else to mind. Like, uh, there's no one else that's just like in movies or TV or anywhere that you that I feel it feels more real than her. Like she just the expressions the <coughs> Sorry about that. The expressions, everything is just perfect. Yeah, Jim's just really passionate about Italian food. Yes, yes. I would be passionate about Italian food too. <laughs> <laughs> and then like so Jan shows up, right? Mm-hmm. Just nails Oscar with her keys. Yeah. Why, I don't know. Well, uh, I guess on a logical side that she's just pulled up into the parking lot and left the car in a very terrible spot. So she throws the keys at Oscar so he can move it if anyone needs to get in or out. I guess. I don't know. Uh, but, like, this is one of those times with Jan where I understand, like... She acts com- like a decent person. Yeah, I'm conflicted with her because you know what she tells Michael is very thoughtful, very nice. I also want to know what she did to her family that they won't talk to her on the advice of legal counsel. Yeah, I like, was this stuff to do with Dunder Mifflin or was it like other things? <laughs> like, I feel I mean, like we don't we don't know of any other conflict that she would have had. So if we assume it's Dunder Mifflin, then maybe she told them something about her being you know not the best worker i don't know i don't know what it is but uh it's it's weird (laughs) whatever it is it's it's weird so uh but you know so i I really like that and she's like look you stood by me and you deserve to have someone stand by you it's like these are really like adult things to say to each other Mm -hmm. and then she just keeps being crazy yeah, there's like this one moment that she's a, a good person, but it doesn't stick. Well, there's several moments with Jean where like if things had kind of gone the other way, you feel like it would she might not have completely snapped. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe living with Michael Scott's just too much for her. I, I don't know. I don't know. I like what he says to her, though. It's like, please don't sell your implants. And she describes of how they're not good. Like, they kind of hurt. They're uncomfortable. And her nipples aren't a sense of, yeah, but they look cute. <laughs> oh, my. Michael, we, we talked about this, but Michael is such a boob guy. Like, in the episode where he breaks up with her, like, four of the cons, Women's Appreciation episode season three, like, four of the cons are, like, she's got small boobs, shrunken testicles, Nothing to write home about, <laughs> you know, like almost all of his cons about her are, are boob related. 
<laughs> okay, so what are you going to give this episode? Uh, I'd have to say it was probably one of my favorite episodes. Like five out of five gallons of beet wine. <laughs> wow, the idea that's a big one. Like wine out of beets because there's so much sugar in them and stuff. But yeah, it's like this has two really big iconic moments of like, what kind of game is that to say exactly what you mean? And the I declare bankruptcy and then all of the other things and the Scrantonicity jokes. Like this is a really, really good episode. Yes, this is, uh, this may be a top tenner for me. I mean, this is a really good episode. Uh, lots of good stuff happening, funny jokes, emotional enough, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I gave this a 4.2347 out of five. Please don't sell your implants. Yeah. Because <laughs> they uh, look cute. They look cute, yes. Uh, so you all... All out there in podcast land, you can reach us at brokenjarsbroadcasting at gmail.com. We will have a post on the subreddit. You can find us at brokenjars.xyz with all of our other podcasts. You can catch a, catch the Dresden Files on High Fantasy with yep. Director Alex here. And I'm on High Fantasy with, with Alex. And then we have other shows that are coming and going. So it'll be yeah. fun. Yay. Yeah, we have Shylocks and then Dangerous Duck go alone with J Ray, poor absent guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, please check us out. Uh, we're on Twitter, Broken Jars Pod. Do we have a I Twitter. I think so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I should I should look this up more. But anyway, y'all have a good night, good morning, whenever you happen. This I hope it's good. Bye. Bye.